Well, well, hey, howdy, hey. hey. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Texans Take. Alrighty, all right. I stubbed my toe in a box. Hey, don't That's do that. Fair. That hurts. Yeah, but I can't hurt the box because I need the box to hold stuff. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say you couldn't hurt the box because it doesn't have feelings. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't care if it had feelings or not, unfortunately. Well, your toe does have feelings. It doesn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has big feelings right now. That's right. That's right. Well, we all getting close to Easter. That's coming up this weekend and Sunday. Sorry, I have no idea what's on. He's my uh, vigorously cleaning with. There's some. This is yeah. This is something you don't see every day. Yeah. What are you cleaning there? I don't know what it is. It was sticky, is it tacky. And, yeah, I think. Uh, Must be a friend of mine. <laughs> I feel like it's food from one of the times that eating happened here. Mm. Well, right now we're sipping on some vodka. Tequila. Pardon, tequila. How do you pronounce this? Libelula? Your guess is good as mine. Sounds Libelula? good. That's as close as I've got. Tequila. Yeah. It says 100% de agave azul joven. Echo in Mexico. 40% alcohol by volume. So Clayton actually recommended that. And uh, he recommended it with the preface of the guy at... The ABC store said it is what all of the local Mexicans drink. No way, really? Yeah. Liba Luba. So, um, Clayton bought it. Nice. And then he immediately texted me a picture of it and said, hey, I just tried this. Have just you had it? Bonanza. And I said, no, I've I've actually never, ha- I've never had it. And uh, he said, well, it's really good and you need to treat yourself. And I said, nice. okay. And um, where it is currently is about where I drank it the first sitting. It yeah. was, uh, yeah, it was really good. And then I decided I needed to go to bed because that wasn't going to end well. And I had to work <laughs> the next morning. So yeah. I just kind of let it go. But let it go. Let it go. Never mind. I'm not. I'm not going there. I feel like I just scared everyone with children all of a sudden. Um, but in light of news, what about what about this whole uh, New York Trump thing? Oh, my goodness. It's. Uh... Smoke and mirrors, my friends. Uh, it mirrors. is. In fact, I told my sister today. I it's said, a dog and it's, pony show. Yeah, it's uh, you know, you take somebody to one side of the room so that you don't know what's happening in the other corner. It's right. That that's all. Yeah, it is. that's exactly where it is. Um, we have a DA that wants to make a name for himself. So exp- explain everything. Like, if I didn't know what was going on, so this stormy daniel's part of it i'm really kind of unclear on because you get different things if you look at different people but from what i understand uh money was transferred into an account with cohan yeah and it was kind of a a mutual fund account like if something needs to be done that's what we pull it out of right um and it was just kind of an all-around legal account it wasn't specifically labeled as a campaign account and there's no way to track if funds actually came from campaign funds or if it was a little bit of everything got piled into a giant legal fund. Yeah. However, um, for some reason we, we paid off a porn star. Not sure. That's stormy Daniels. Yeah. Not sure. Um, why, what for, but the payout was done by Cohen. No, wait a minute. You said we paid off a porn star. Are you talking about the president of the Ukraine? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he got a couple of dang billion. I mean, the shoe fits. Ah, no, actually, believe it or not, we're not talking about him, but he's even worse. 
Okay, keep going. Keep going. You caught me off guard there. I didn't know how to react with that one. I, I know. Like, that's, that's why I said really it. funny. I mean, it's truth. It is. It is. But I it's mean, like that was very Trump abrupt. For quote unquote paying off, you know, $130 in bribes and stuff. Well, look at look at this Ukraine. Well, and, and see that what they're hitting him with is like 31 counts of mismanagement of campaign finances. <laughs> and and what so what, here's what's funny is those are misdemeanor charges like there. It's a parking ticket. It yeah. is straight up a parking ticket. Yeah. Uh, maybe with with less fees. I don't know. But the part that they're really trying to do is it is in the code, in the law that if that. Crime is committed in order to hide or commit another or greater crime, then it's a felony. Right. And so what they're trying to do is say. Uh, and and they've net, they've yet to release what this crime is, but they're saying he did the essential mismanagement of money to hide a a greater crime, but they won't say what that greater crime is because they don't have one. If you can't say what it is, and didn't they they're say, trying didn't to get they say like legally we don't have to tell you what crime it is? Kind of, yeah. And so the Jeez. thing is, they're trying to get everybody worked up. So by the time you know, because his arraignment was in the other day, yeah. Uh, by the time that it actually goes to a trial. They want everybody to be so worked up, twisted in their head that he committed a greater crime that they're not even going to be thinking, hey, what was that greater crime, by the way? Yeah. It's just, you know, he must have done it. He must have done something. Right. You know, because we don't just do things for no reason. But it's really just kind of a, a, a cap and gown at this point. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, you know, Trump flew into New York to go to the arraignment, um, missed out on handcuffs and booking. So that was cool. And uh, then came out of the arraignment and flew to Mar-a-Lago for a press conference. It was great. It was a great yeah. day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, his attorneys, I, I watched a couple interviews. Well, it was like running out of the courthouse interviews, so you can hardly call those interviews. But yeah. uh, I was watching one of those, and, and the attorney was like, I, the person asking the question said, were you surprised by anything that happened in there? And he, one of his attorneys said, no, not at all. And the other one goes, yes, yes. The lack of facts in that room. In, ah. any, in any court case I have ever been in, in my, you know, generally how many ever years. Facts. Generally, there are some facts, is what he said. But there were none. None in that room. Nobody had facts. I was like, in that New Yorker, you know, hard, hard addict. None kinda, of them have facts. That's not, yeah. There was no facts in the room, you know. But, uh, yeah, no. He was he was very clear that it was just completely a facade and it was yeah, a joke. Exactly. And, it, and and the other attorney went on to say it's kind of a joke of the legal system. Like they're yeah. making a literal joke of what people do for a living. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know what it is is it's the exact same nonsense that we were dealing with all throughout his presidency. Yep. He couldn't get anything done because the entire time he was in the president's seat, there's a law oh, Russian collusion, Russian this and Russian that, you know. Well, and so he was under investigation the entire time he was the president. Oh, by the way, the entire time he was president, while he was under investigation and all this, our economy was. Let's see the whole thing. This whole thing is just to can just to to kind of create this dissolve of memory for everybody that uh you know biden is absolutely and out of his mind you know sick he's committed multiple crimes yep. and should be charged and though though he may be sick i think he should still be charged mm -hmm. and uh you know his son his son 
should be charged, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's it's really bad when his own daughter said that she did not want to go to sleep in that house ever because he was a creep. Yeah, that you is know, when, when that when that came out in her journals, I was like, and we're not like the the greatest hair sniffer on the planet is is the one that we have in the White House. You know, I mean, he should know what every type of shampoo tastes like just by saying, hey, you know. I use suave. Oh, that's a great, you know, I can, that, that should be a whole conversation at this point. Yeah. That's how, that's how terrible it is Yeah, that we've allowed this. You know, you don't talk about dog and pony show. That is a dog and pony show. Yeah. Like yeah. we are literally, yeah. you know. But what I was saying is that's the exact, that's exactly what's going on now because, you know, all they're trying to do is find something, even if they have to invent it, that Trump is guilty of specifically so that he doesn't run for office. And so that or he's while, eligible, they want to make sure he's ineligible. Yeah, exactly. Not that he doesn't run because he's already running. Yeah. So they want to make sure he's ineligible to office. ever have office again. And that's why they want that felony so bad. Yeah. But on top of that, there is so much out there that is verifiable about Biden that they're looking into right now about his whole crime family. Yeah. That they're like, oh, we've got to find something on Trump. One, we don't want him to be eligible for the president's seat. And two, we got to shift the view, the public view away from Biden. Like there's something wrong. I did not know that Biden had a daughter until this year. You know what I mean? Like there's something wrong with that to the point where this one's just like swept away. And then, you know, her journals come out and she hits French page news. And I'm like, oh, okay, wow, this is. But they're also they're they're finding like legit, legit bad stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, um, getting payments from China for. You know, what was it like three million dollars or something <laughs> given to this account? Yeah, it was like three point two million dollars. Given to the family, you know, all the different Biden kids got this for, you know, uh, it's like just this mystery money comes in from China. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, what's this from? You know, and uh, you know, it's it's been well, what, what was it? Uh, four, three, four years ago. Uh, there was everything about uh, Hunter Biden. I guess. How long has it been since they found his laptop? Ooh, probably three years. It's been a long time. But, you know, Hunter Biden's got all these terrible, uh, you know, business deals with the Ukraine that are under suspicion and this, that, and the other. And uh, all of Europe is under suspicion at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so. I remember when all of that was going on. Uh, I lost my train of thought there. Did you put grease on the tracks? No, I did That's not. That's usually what costs us that. I don't know if it's the tequila. Yeah, or... t- take another sip. Try that. Because that always works for me. You know, it just... It comes doesn't from... actually always work for me. Usually more sips is worse. Oh. I'll say something, but... Okay, well, I mean, we, we were talking about Ukraine... Yeah. And uh Hunter. Uh, yeah. Laptop. Crimes. Yeah. Twisted crimes that Hunter was involved in in Ukraine. Yep. Laptop. Mm-hmm. Three years ago. Yeah. Um, anyway, all that is still under investigation. Right. They haven't found anything, quote unquote, but I they still that, have I it all. They, I, I think, think they, they found have stuff. found stuff. They're just not saying um, anything. But uh anyway. You know, all that's been going on for this long, and they've they've found lots of stuff. They're just not saying anything, but they haven't found anything about Trump the whole time. There was no rush conclusion. They proved that that was wrong. You know, and anyway, 
Oh, 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 that's what I was getting at. Yeah, so I look knew, at look, look at all these that. business deals, you know, that they're looking at between Hunter and the Ukraine. Oh yeah. And now look at all the money that we're sending to the Ukraine. Like billions and billions, like hundreds of billions of oh, dollars. Yeah. And then, you know, uh you know, Ukraine is is currently kind of like that uh you know that person who wants to get in with the rich family just so he can get to the will. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Zelensky is over there, like you know, America needs to send their sons and daughters to Ukraine. I'm like, why? Why? You have plenty of them. Yeah, no, we need to stop. Currently, you know? I, I, you know. So let me my, let me let me tell you my view on this whole Ukrainian deal. Anyway, I know we were talking about Trump before, but you know, because lots of people say this, other. that, or the other, yeah. about the Ukraine, and usually it's for or against, right? And my point right now is, you know, whatever Russia's doing, it doesn't really look good. I don't know. It's, you know, you've got the media is over here, you know, constantly telling only one side of the story. So we don't actually really know what's going on over there. Right. Then everything over in Ukraine, we've got the president over here trying to get all this money and stuff. And at the end of the day, my thoughts on it are that's not our fight. Whatever's going on over there. However good or bad Russia is, however good or bad the Ukraine is, at the end of the day, it's not our fight. There's no reason that we need to be over there. And on top of that, looking at all the all the ridiculous uh, you know, increase of prices, inflation, all the mm-hmm. problems that we've got over here in the America, and now we're sending all of this money and munitions and soldiers or whatever or military stuff to the Ukraine, it's like why are we you giving Ukraine all this stuff when, like, we've got problems over here of our own? Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, we left, like, an entire arsenal over there in Afghanistan. I guess we might as well leave an arsenal over in Ukraine, too, while we're at it. Yeah, it's, at this point, it's Jeez. just free gifts. Yeah. I My, my personal view has been for probably uh, at least the last decade, my view has been that we should not be getting into any of these affairs. No, no, it's not we our should, fight. We should not be having these conversations with Ukraine to even get involved. Yeah. We don't need to be involved. Yeah. That exactly. is not it is not our fight. It's okay. Not, yeah. No at no point, you know, it would be different if we kidnapped, you know, an American ambassador or something. Okay, well now we've got a little bit of skin in the game, but that's still only a little bit of a skin in the game. You know, I don't know that it's enough to supply uh, funds. Nope. Uh, we don't have money to fund California. Yeah. We do not need to be sending it to Ukraine. I mean, think about it. When we have, we're a dealing country, with more inflation than we've. When dealt we with, have a country that is twenty-two trillion dollars in thirty-one now. Oh, is it thirty-one? It's thirty-one. Thirty-one now. trillion dollars in debt. Are we anybody to be giving money to anybody? Yeah, we should be asking Ukraine for help. Yeah. You know, at this point, they, they, they're at least not collapsing. That's yet. probably more than our GDP. Yeah. I mean, and Jeez. we've got inflation, you know, just running rampant. We don't need to be getting involved with we don't need to be getting involved with anything. Yeah, we've got like gas prices soaring, got food prices soaring, got real <laughs> estate prices soaring. What we need to be focusing on is conducting good business deals for, you know, renewable energy or just, you know, how about gas at this point? Yeah, I'm OK buying oil from other countries. I'm also okay doing it here. I'm also okay with making our own oil. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm yeah. also okay with doing it here if we could get that back, you know, up and running. Because I don't I don't know if you remember, but I remember uh, during the middle of 2020 mm-hmm. when uh, we could just, I could fill up my entire cam or Corolla at that point is what I had uh, for close to, what was it, like $17? Yeah, 
Yeah. If you had a normal card, cost about twenty bucks to fill. Then it I got up. the WRX, and it was the same thing. I was yeah. like twenty bucks. I could fill out that whole tank. Yeah. You know, as soon incredible. as things changed, it was like oh, forty eight dollars. Well, just as soon as Biden got into office, yeah. it went up ten cents, and then two days later, it was up another ten cents, and then another day later, it was up to ten more cents. And gosh, about a month in, and gas is already a dollar more expensive. Yeah. See, if we had all of that back up and running at this point, we wouldn't have to ask a country for anything. We could keep our money here. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I understand there are some things you're going to have to import and export because, sure, sure. you know, you're not going to want to rely on you one source entirely. That's just the way it works. But we could at least predominantly be using our own. Yeah. It just makes business, you know, it makes sense for business for the government, but it also makes a private party sense because now you have, you know, companies that run, just think of uh, freighting companies, all of our yeah. trucking companies, yeah. you know, they're paying twice as much than they were two years ago uh, to freight the same stuff, whether it be to Walmart, whether it to be to feed stores, tractor supply, whatever, they're, they're paying twice as much at this point. Yeah. And so you can't just expect the cost not to go up. Oh, it always goes, you up. know. If the cost of if the cost of supplying, if the cost of, you know, shipping stuff goes up, then the cost of all the products are going to go up with it. It has to. Which is why when you go into stores now, you see so many self checkout because they can't. They're not. They're not paying people more. They're just firing people. Yeah. You know, it's like bag it yourself. It's like I don't want to bag it myself. I want somebody to do their job and bag my groceries, like a normal grocery store. Yeah, that's why I don't go to Walmart. Yeah. You know, I got done playing, um, playing shop, you know, when I was like a kid. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to you, know, go... you can actually go into a target now there. You, you won't see anybody. You might see a gremlin, a gremlin in the corner stocking a shelf, but you can go into target. You can grab what you want and then swipe it on the way out and pay for it. Or you could just steal it and then, you know, hope you don't get caught. Surprisingly, but... not this target down the road. This Target down the road actually has a full staff. Oh, good. That's good <laughs> to hear because the Target in, in Swananoa for a long there time. There was a Target in Swananoa. Huh? I didn't know there was one in Swananoa. Yeah, I believe there is one. Uh, did I say Target? Yeah. I meant, I'm sorry. I've been saying Target. I lied. I lied. It's a CVS pharmacy. Oh, I'm CVS. Never going to CVS. I wouldn't have any education on that. That's fine. That's fine. I've been saying Target. I apologize. CVS. You can go to a CVS. Go through. Get what you want. Leave. You just, you just buy it on the way out. It's a self-checkout. And there's nobody there. It's like, I, I ran, what if I just took this? Is anybody going to notice? Yeah, you know? I ran into that at a, um, at a, uh, it was a dollar store, and I, I was just looking around. Hey, is there anybody here? You know, it took like ten minutes. I'm like, I have to go. I'm kind of in a rush. Yeah. She's like, well, you could have used the self checkout. I'm like, well, first off, I don't even know how. This is the most complicated self checkout I've ever seen. And even being, even that be the case, you're just like self-certifying everyone that comes in the door because she was like in the back doing... how do you even trust us with this stuff yeah i mean like honor system i guess well that doesn't work everywhere there's some places it hardly works there's, anywhere. Some, there's some places where people just go in and steal stuff <clears throat> yeah and employees aren't even allowed to go and do anything about it i mean at that point what stopped me from going in and grabbing the two chargers that i needed for my phone and just walking to my car. No idea. I mean, you know, they got cameras and stuff. But you're not going to catch everybody. Yeah, but also nobody's going to do anything over $10. So sure, you know exactly, what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know. It's a mess. All of that to say, we we're talking about Trump and this dog and pony show about. Oh, well, we, we we went on a serious rabbit trail. Big rabbit trail. Almost as bad as ones that we're known for. 
I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why was this episode three hours? Long? Oh yeah, now that's I right. Yeah, <laughs> we took several several detours, but we're gonna take a break right here, we'll and we'll be right back. back. All right, we are. Yes, we are. Okay, well that was enough political talk for tonight. Now we're going to talk about something a little bit different. Um, what we have today, well, actually, you know what today is? It's Monday Thursday, which I always thought was Monday Thursday, but I didn't even hear that until I was in school. Monday Thursday? It's Monday Thursday. What is that? It's um part of the... Uh, <coughs> well, actually, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it a little bit. I'll go into detail. So this is what's called, I believe, Holy Week. And um, um, most of the Holy Week is just the different parts of the week that are specifically talked about in the Bible during Jesus's progression from, you know, what he was doing, um, evangelizing, doing miracles, all that jazz, up to his death and resurrection, death on the cross and resurrection. And so... At Holy Week, basically, I think, uh, and I'll go through all this in detail, but there's a couple of days throughout this week that are called out, like on this day, Jesus did this, on this day, this happened to Jesus, on this day, this happened, you know, and so um, anyway, that's what's going on. So Easter, um, yeah, by the way, uh, thank you for staying with us for 200 episodes. The this is episode two zero. 200. And uh, so that is a big accomplishment, and a sip of tequila goes right there. Indeed. You want to tink? Yeah, let's tink it. Oh. These glasses can withstand that. They can, yeah. They're we should little... do it a little harder. Just kidding. <laughs> All over your computer. That's right. Sets. My computer can't take the vodka, though. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. But... Uh, Anyway, so what is Easter, everybody? What is Easter? Well, Easter is usually a holiday. People will take off Good Friday. Uh, people will not know what Good Friday is. If you go to Ingalls right now, you'll see an entire row, entire aisle dedicated to bunnies, colored eggs, peeps, chocolates, uh, more Much chocolates. Like behind you. Robin eggs, what's that? Much like all that stuff behind you. Yeah, much like all that stuff behind me. That's what the kids brought home. Plastic Easter eggs, um, coloring egg kits. Um, Man, it's it's just kind of a big, fun weekend, you know. Uh, But anyway, you know, the the best part about it, which not as many people talk about, actually, is the point of it, which is Christ's resurrection. In fact, chocolate peeps, roast lamb, colored eggs, and bunnies have absolutely nothing to do with it at all, but that's all you ever see. So here's the question that I want to put to you. Um, What does Easter mean to Christians? So to Christians, well, actually, what does Easter mean to Christians, to pagans, to those in between? So let's get a couple of general ideas about Easter today. What is Easter? So to Christians... I already told you what Easter is. So Easter is the day that Jesus rose from the grave. Okay. So he was 
crucified on Good Friday, and the Bible says that he was dead. Okay, and then on the third day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he rose from the grave. Okay, and I know that doesn't work out perfectly. If you think about it, there's only two days after Friday. Well, it's actually the way the the days, the nights, and the hours work out in the scripture. It comes out to about three three days um, from Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so Jesus rose from the grave on Sunday, and so... What was he what was he doing there? Well, what he was doing there is he was proving who he is, right? So for basically the entire Bible is a story of Jesus, right? I'd say he owns the place. He right, well right, right. There. So it's the story of Jesus and uh you know all all the way up until he actually comes down to earth and what is Jesus job for us really? First off, he's God. And second off, <laughs> he makes a covenant with us. And Jesus is the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice to fulfill that covenant to save us from our sins, you know, because we're a bunch of sinners and we're sinning daily. And in order to, you know, in order to pay for those sins, there needs to be a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. Well, we've been using animals since God instituted sacrifices, right? Uh, but even God said those, those, those sacrifices stink to me. They're no good. I'm telling you to do them anyway, but they're no good. And the reason is because what really would satisfy God, what really would satisfy the judgment and the consequences of sin is your death and blood. Uh -huh. Okay. Because that's the only thing that can satisfy it is a death and a blood because that's, you know, the penalty for, for sin is death, right? Somebody's, yeah, if for somebody's... you, it must be yours. Well, we can't do that, right? You know, we can't pay our sins back enough, and so we can't die on the cross or anything. You know, we can't pay the penalty for our own sins because we're not good enough, right? There's nothing that we can do, even dying, that's good enough to pay for those sins. And uh, Jesus says, well, um, God says, well, hey, actually, I'm good enough. And so the third person of the Godhead, Jesus, said, I will die on the cross to save my people from their sins because he can't do bad. He can't do evil. He is the definition of perfect. good. And so he's the only thing. I just see what I did there. It works out perfect. It works out <laughs> perfect. Yeah. He, he's the only one that is good enough to be sacrificed. But the thing is, he's God, right? So you can't just go sacrifice God. And so God's like, well, we need to sacrifice a person because if a person commits a sin, then only a person can pay for it. Okay, so God's like, well, we've got to come down to earth as a person. Thus, he comes down as Jesus. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a perfect life. Um, and in all honesty, he had a perfect death. Okay. And um, while he's sitting there on the cross, you know, just before he breathed his last, he said, it is finished. And he gave up the ghost. And then he died. OK, and that's the bad part, right? He died. <laughs> but he said that he would raise again on the third day. And he did. So he rose on the Thursday, on the third day, on the Thursday, on the Thursday. No, it was actually on a Sunday. He rose on the third day um, and fulfilled all prophecy about him. And that works out. Yeah. And, and he paid the penalty for our sins by dying. But, you know, 
he had to raise again because he's God, so he can't be dead, right? So he died a physical death and then rose and brought the body with him. And then he came back to earth to prove it, you know? Um, and so that's what Easter is. Uh, a lot of people call it Resurrection Day, um, whatever you want to call it. What is What does Easter mean to pagans? Well, to pagans, generally they're like, oh, well, Easter was a pagan holiday, right? So that means that Easter's got to be, you know... Uh, that I actually means... don't know enough about the pagan and the Easter side of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a pagan holiday. It was originally a pagan holiday. You know, is uh, the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring and fertility was kind of... Uh, e- Easter was, was that name. And so anyway, the Christians just uh, wanted to sanctify a pagan holiday. But the, the pagans actually originally came up with it. I'm like, well, maybe and maybe not. We'll look at that. So the jury's still out on that one. Jury's like. still out on that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, they look at Easter as obviously not Christ's resurrection. They look at it as pretty much the bunnies, the colored eggs, the peeps, the chocolates, you know, whatever. Now, mind you, when I was growing up, uh, we always celebrated Easter, but we're Christians, right? And so mom and dad always told us what it was about, you know the true meaning of Easter and not the, the secular meaning. And, uh, but we always enjoyed it. We wanted to hold it, you know, one, one thing that's honestly not bad, I would say about celebrating Easter with celebration, chocolate, you know, Easter egg hunts, whatever is first off, there's nothing necessarily wrong about that. You know, it's a holiday. You're celebrating something amazing. And it, if you ask a kid, you know, what you're celebrating something about, generally it doesn't matter what it is. Like if it's President's Day and you ask a two-year-old, hey, what are you celebrating President's Day for? You know, he's not going to really know, you know. I wouldn't expect him to know. But he's going to celebrate along with everybody else, right? Uh, with whatever they're doing. Uh, if you ask a kid, you know, maybe four year four years old, you know, what are you celebrating the 4th of July for? You know, they might not be able to give you a very good explanation of what the 4th of July is all about. They'd be like, well, fireworks, <laughs> uh, yeah. hot dogs. Uh, yeah. It's like, okay, well, it's kind of a good summation of the 4th of July, right? <laughs> I mean, not really. Um, but anyway, so they might not understand it, but they still hold it as sacred, right? To a kid, any day that you're partying and doing something abnormal and fun and really special, they're going to hold it dear to their hearts. And so I don't really see anything wrong with uh, making a day special for a kid because then they'll remember it more. But if you're a good Christian parent, then what you're going to do is you're going to teach your kid while you're celebrating what the true meaning is all about. And that's what my parents did for us. And I never remember a time um, that I didn't understand what Easter was truly about, you know. Um, now, mind you, when I was a little kid, obviously I was like, you know, upset that I didn't find the golden Easter egg and I didn't get the five bucks from dad and I didn't get enough candy. But I, right. kids are going to complain about all that stuff anyway. You know, you set a kid down on a decent day and he's going to be crying because you're not holding him. You know, I mean, right. It's like, you know, uh, his 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 candy looks better than mine. I want it. You know, I ate all my candy and I don't have any left. I want his like, no, you just ate it, kid. You know, sorry. That's all you get. You know, they're selfish little guys. So anyway, um, 
but if you teach them what the holiday is actually about, the reason that you're celebrating it, that's, that's, that's a good thing. And so now they can kind of grow up and, you know, they'll still celebrate Easter and they'll remember it extra special like because, you know, they have good memories surrounding it, hopefully. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that. I know a lot of Christians may differ on that. They're like, well, you know, it's not the reason for Easter. You know, I'm like, well, well, there's no reason to take joy out of people's hearts. You know, no, no reason to be a Scrooge about it. Um but as long as you're teaching them what it's actually about, that's really what matters, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah. But anyway, to a pagan, you know, they really don't see anything important about Easter. They, they see it as, you know, if anything, it's just kind of a spiritual day that you maybe hang out with family or don't do anything at all or don't do anything different, you know. They, they see the name Good Friday and it doesn't make sense to them. And, you know, they may eat a chocolate bunny or, uh, you know, roast a peep or something. I don't know. Roast a peep. <laughs> yeah, we actually did that last Easter. We got some peeps for the heck of it. We were at <laughs> Juliana's grandparents that were at Earl's place. I mean, they're basically marshmallows. And uh, they had a fire going, yeah. And so we're like, what if we roasted one of these peeps? And Juliana's like, ooh, good idea. And so anyway, we roasted a peep. It didn't smell very good. But we did it. <laughs> did it taste good, though? Not really. But if you put one in the microwave, it looks great. Well, actually, they swell up real big. <laughs> oh, do and then they? when they turn it off, it goes... Poof, and it deflates. Really? Yeah. If you really want to screw up your microwave, do that, you know. I mean, you can actually put it on a normal plate. Just put it on a plate, put it in the microwave, and the whole thing will swell up. And after it gets about four or five times its original size... You know, if you turn the microwave off, then it'll deflate. I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but do it and try it. You know, it'll be worth it. Don't make a mess because it's marshmallow. So if you make a mess, it'll stay there forever. (laughs) Dad actually hates s'mores, marshmallows, and everything related to marshmallows. Just because he, um, we, we were... I was a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout. So dad has done a lot of camping with us over the years. And he he didn't mind a, a s'more, you know, now and again until we had Cub Scout or it might have been Boy Scouts, whatever the case. We were making s'mores and he, he grabs one and eats it and kind of almost enjoys it. Starts walking around and he steps on a melted marshmallow that somebody dropped. And now this marshmallow is cemented to his shoe. He can't get it off and it's sticking every time he walks. And now he's like vowing eternal vengeance upon marshmallows. He hates them so much now. He's like, I do not like the stupid things because I stepped on a marshmallow and it never came off of my shoe. That's a silly reason, but I understand. I think it's a great reason. Because <laughs> if that's not happened to me, but if it did, I don't think I'd like them either. <laughs> that's so petty. Is it though? <laughs> it is. Uh, that has got to be the most petty reason not to like something I've ever heard. Well, it's kind of like it was kind of like one day like years pigeons. and years ago. Do you like I pigeons? Was, do I like pigeons? Yeah. What are your view on pigeons? I mean, I really don't care one way or the other. How would you feel if you were driving your freshly washed car and then a group of pigeons flew above, and now your car just looks like it's been pooped all over, just? everywhere let's see i've had kind of that and then are you just gonna feel good about those little birds oh it's okay We're yeah but i don't territory. know that i'm gonna eternally hate them i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> maybe 
I mean, I've had some pretty rotten things happen. And, and, anyway, uh, Dad had a bad taste in his mouth about it. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, see what I did see what there. See did there. But anyway, so. That'll forever be sticking to his foot. That's right. That's right. Um, but another thing we wanted to look at today is, uh, okay, so that that's what Easter is. I've kind of given the general synopsis and what kind of Christians and pagans see it. Um what are the origins of Easter? Okay, so as a holiday, what are the origins of Easter? Now, from a Christian perspective, it's like, well, I just told you. Christ died and raised from the grave. But a lot of historians and pagans and Christians alike, they'll all tell you. Funny how I put historians and pagans and Christians. It's like a religion. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll all tell you some different origins of the actual celebration of Easter. And it ranges all over the place. But the one you hear the most is it was originally a pagan holiday. And when Christendom came to the pagan lands of the Anglo-Saxons and Germany and England and whatever, and you know they had this they had this uh pagan celebration going on about the same time that that the christians figured that easter that you know christ's resurrection was and so they were just kind of like okay well we don't want to take away their joy and so they christianized them and then took that holiday that they normally would have celebrated and just made it a christian holiday and called it easter after the original name of the pagan holiday So it's kind of the same idea as like if you have a mosque in town and your whole life it's been a mosque and you're a Christian. And so you look over there and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe all the Muslims that go in there and are just, you know, it's demon worship and it's not Christian and they hate Christians. Oh, it's just terrible, terrible, terrible. Well, then you as a Christian go over there and you just like, you know, um, God decides to save all the people in that mosque. They all become Christians, you know, and then they're just like, oh, we're all Christians now. And so we're going to take this mosque and turn it into a church. And so now it's originally a mosque, but now it's a church and they hold church services in there. It's not necessarily, it's not a bad thing at all. But that's just what they're saying happened with the celebration of Easter. Right. Like it was originally a pagan thing, <laughs> but they just made it a Christian thing. So it's actually still a pagan holiday that you're celebrating. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, but if you're celebrating it for Christian reasons, like, I, I don't see why not. Like, I've literally had like loads and loads and loads of Christians that are like, you know, whenever Easter comes around, I'll be like, you know, oh, well, what do y'all do for Easter? And they're like, well, we don't do anything for Easter. It's like, you don't do anything for Easter. Why not? Where are you, pagan? <laughs> you know, and they're like, well, it's originally a pagan holiday, you know, and uh, uh, and if you read the origins of Easter, you wouldn't celebrate it either. And and, and Easter comes from a pagan, you know, God. And I'm like, well, well then why don't you just celebrate Christ's resurrection? Because that's what Easter is supposed to be about. And they're just like, we don't do anything for Easter. We just go to church and maybe we have uh, dinner as a family, if that. I'm just like, Okay. All right. Well, I mean, if you don't want to, if you want to be kind of a Scrooge about it, sure, whatever, go ahead and do that. But, um, but anyway, so let's look at some of the stuff that I pulled up. None of this is mine. I just found this online. Um, and, uh, 
So this is from, uh, it says Easter morning. This is from Bibles study, Bible study tools.com slash Bible dash study slash topical dash studies slash what is the meaning of Easter and why do we celebrate it? So you can actually kind of find out exactly how I found this, you know, what I typed <laughs> in to get to this site. Um, and, uh, so let's see, uh, why, why do Christians celebrate Easter? Well, we have, uh, we celebrate Easter because not only did our Lord conquer death, but without the resurrection, we have no foundation for our faith. So in 1 Corinthians 15, 13 through 15 says, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about, about God that he raised Christ from the dead, and, uh, but he did not raise him if in fact, let's see, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. In other words, Christianity has no point of the if the resurrection didn't happen. Yeah. Christians would have been martyred for nothing and placed their faith in false hope. Thankfully, the resurrection did occur, and for those reasons, we have immense hope and assurance. So, here you go. The history of Easter. Now, this is just the history of Easter according to BibleStudyTools.com. So, some people have suggested that Easter has some pagan origins. It gets muddled depending on which theologian you ask. Some have said that the pagan roots of the holiday date back to Babylon. So, According to Candace Lucy, according to the ancient Sumerian legend of Damuzi, also known as Tammuz, and his wife Inanna, or Ishtar, Tammuz dies. Ishtar is grief-stricken and follows him to the underworld. Here, naked and bowed low, she is judged, killed, and then hung on display. In her absence, the earth loses its fertility. Crops cease to grow and animals stop reproducing. Unless something is done, all life on earth will end. So that is one of the main theories about where Easter, the name Easter, comes from. Saying originally it was a Sumerian legend um, about these kind of god people here, uh, Sumerian gods, I guess, of Tamuts uh, and Ishtar. And Ishtar is the name of his wife and weird things happened to her. And they had some sort of weird pagan celebration about her. And the celebration was called Ishtar. I don't even know if the celebration was called Ishtar, but the, the name of the goddess was Ishtar. And they're like, oh, well, because Ishtar sounds like Easter... That's oh, probably where on. we get the name. Okay. All that's right. probably where the name Easter comes from and the celebration. And that's why Christians call it Easter now. And so it's like, uh, maybe. Okay. Others have said that the church, wanting to win the trust of their pagan neighbors, still created a holiday that happened to fall around the time of a similar, similar pagan festival, one that perhaps involved a certain bunny. Christians cannot deny that, at the very least, Pagan practices have infiltrated the holiday from dying eggs to tales about the Easter bunny. Nevertheless, when we celebrate what some believers like to call Resurrection Sunday, we, we celebrate 
Um, and that, that's a fragment, and that sentence is never finished, and I don't know why. But anyway, <laughs> um, that train of thought is lost there. I don't know where the end of that sentence went. <laughs> it ran away. Uh, but it literally just ends with, we celebrate, and there's not even a period. But obviously, I can finish that. Um, if you are a Christian, we call it Resurrection Sunday, and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross. So, listen here. Why is Easter called Easter? According to Crosswalk.com, and I might, I don't think I have that one pulled up, says, the origin of the word Easter isn't clear. The Venerable Bede, that's B-E-D-E, an 8th century monk and scholar, proposed that the word may have come from the Anglo-Saxon Easter or Istre, a Teutonic goddess of spring and fertility. Recent scholars haven't been able to find any reference to the goddess uh, to the goddess bead mentioned and consider the theory discredited another probability is the norse Ister or istur or ostra which meant the season of the growing sun or the season of the new birth the word comes from the same roots in this case easter would be linked to the changing of the season a more recent and complex explanation comes from the christian background of easter rather than the pagan the early Latin name for the week of Easter was Hebdomada Alba, Hebdomada Alba, or White Week. While the Sunday after Easter was called Dominica in Albis, from the white robes of those who had been re, uh, newly baptized, the word Alba is Latin both for white and dawn. People speaking Old High German made a mistake in their translation and used the plural word for dawn, Osterun instead of plural for white. From Osterun, we get the German Ostern or Ostern and the English Easter. That kind of makes sense. Um, and that'd be kind of a Christian root of the holiday Easter. Uh, basically saying, you know, um, white has always been associated with uh, new life as a Christian because when you, when you are baptized, it's kind of you die, the old man has become new. Um, Jesus talks in the Bible about getting new clean robes, you know, um, and, uh, and so I think a lot of times when people were saved back in the day after baptism or whatnot, they would get white robes and to signify that, you know, uh, they have been cleansed by Christ. Um, and so this is basically saying that when that happened, you would have, you know, the week called you know, uh, white week, uh, while the Sunday after Easter was called Dominica in Albus from white robes. Um, and then that got, you know, the word Alba is Latin for white and dawn. So it's the same word, you know, so if you were to say in Alba or in Alba, that could be in white or in dawn, you know, uh, people speaking Old High German made the mistake in their translation, used the plural word for dawn, Osterun, instead of plural for white. I can see how that could happen. And then from Osterun, you get the German Östern and from the, and, uh, the English Easter. So that kind of makes sense, kind of. Yeah. It's it's a little like, you know, eh, it's reaching a little bit, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying that it's wrong. No. I don't really know. Um. So anyway, uh, there's a kind of a quick synopsis there. Um, so let's uh, actually take a quick break and we'll be right back.
All right, we're back. Okay, so this is from the Britannica Dictionary. This is really cool, by the way. Um, so this is from the Britannica Dictionary that I found online. Um, and so it's uh, Britannica.com slash topic slash Easter dash holiday. So you can look it up if you want. Um, I'm going to read through some of this, not all of this. Um, Easter, Latin Pasha, Greek Pasha. So one guess as to what that comes from. So in the Latin and the Greek, Pasha is a derivative of, or basically just the Latin and Greek words for Passover. That's where we get Passover is from Pasha. Pretty sure that's pretty similar to the actual, well, like you said, Greek, Pasha. Yeah, so New Testament was written in Greek, so... You know, we know what the word for Passover was. It, it's Pasha, you know. And so in English, we get, you know, Passover. Um, anyway, Easter, uh, principal festival of the Christian church, which celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the third day after his crucifixion. The earliest recorded observance of an Easter celebration comes from the second century. The earliest recorded observance of an Easter celebration comes from the 2nd century. That's pretty dang early. Through the commemoration of Jesus' resurrection, probably, uh, though the commemoration of Jesus' resurrection probably occurred earlier. The English word Easter, which parallels the German word Östern, is of uncertain origin. One view expounded by the Venerable Bede in the 8th century was that it derived from Öster or Östra, the Anglo-Saxon goddess, goddess of spring and fertility. Now, mind you, if I'm not mistaken, the Venerable Bede of the 8th century was Anglo-Saxon. So he'd have a good understanding of Anglo-Saxon, you know, gods and goddesses and stuff like that. So, you know, he might have a little insight that we don't. Um, but he thought anyway in the eighth century that, you know, Easter comes from the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring and fertility. Mind you, that's still 600 years later than the first recorded observance of an Easter celebration. Okay. The, this view presumes as to the view associating the origin of Christmas on December 25th with pagan, pagan celebrations of the winter solstice, that Christians appropriated pagan names and holidays for their highest festivals. Given the determination with which Christians combated all forms of paganism, the belief in multiple deities, this appears a rather dubious presumption. There is now widespread consensus that the word derives from the Christian designation of Easter week as in, as in albis, a Latin phrase that was understood as the plural of Alba or dawn, and become Österum in Old High German, the precursor of the modern German and English term. The Latin and Greek Pasha, Passover, provides the root for Pakes, the French word for Easter. So this is claiming, like I was reading earlier, that uh, the name Easter comes from in Albus, um, which basically got translated in German or Old High German to Österum because, again, you know, the, the, in Latin, Albus and Albus and Alba, Dawn and uh, 
what was the other word? White? Yeah, white and dawn are the same word, right. basically. And the Germans just, you know, they're like, oh, well, instead of using white, they use dawn because, you know, the German word for dawn is Ersturm. And so yeah, I guess they just use that instead. And then it basically got kind of, you know, turned. And then the plural for that is, I guess, Öster. And so that's where English gets Easter. So again, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But that's what Britannica is claiming here. So, um, so that is, so we've got three different origins for the name Easter and the celebration. The first being uh, the old Sumerian god, Ishtar, which some places claim that Ishtar would be pronounced Easter. And then I read other places that was like, no, definitely not. It should be pronounced Ishtar, which is nothing like Easter. It's just like it is, it is similar, obviously, but I don't know. Um, and then you have the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring and fertility, um, who is Östra or Öster or Ostern. And uh, they're claiming that that's the original celebration or whatever for Easter. And then there is a perturbation of in albus, an old Latin you know, phrase for the Easter celebration and, um, you know, uh, Easter week. And so which one of those is actually true? I don't know. I've heard basically what I've heard is um, the Anglo-Saxon one has definitely been uh, disproven. That's not true in one place. And then other places is like, oh, it's definitely true. And then the Ishtar one is like, oh, that's definitely true. It lines up perfectly, and that's where the bunny comes from and all that. And another one that says, that's definitely not true. It's been disproven. And then all of them pretty much say that the in Albus explanation is basically just far-fetched. It's like, it's a bit of a stretch, but there's no way to really disprove it. So it's like, I don't really know. So my question is, what do y'all think? Obviously, I'll tell you which one I like the most, which is obviously the Christian origin of Easter. Mm-hmm. Basically, started out as in Albus, and it just ha- it just so happens that Easter kind of sounds like Ishtar and Östern. I mean, you can't help that. Um, but that doesn't. I mean, are you going to say that Östern? comes from ishtar i mean no you can't do that you know because they're completely different religions completely different you know goddesses or whatever um but for some reason they both say that the christian easter comes from that i'm like well that doesn't really necessarily make sense either so anyway um I might go ahead and skip over this. This is the date of Easter and its controversies, although I think it's very interesting. I think I'm going to hold off on that. Um, Easter customs. This is one that I thought was very interesting. Uh, 
So Easter, like Christmas, has accumulated a great many traditions, some of which has little to do with the Christian celebration of the resurrection, but derived from folk customs. And this is interesting to me because I've always wondered about like the eggs, the bonnie, you know, all that jazz, you know, painting the eggs. Where does that come from? Well, this is claiming, um, well, I'll tell you what this is claiming. I'm just going to read on. The custom of the Easter lamb, a lot of people have lamb for Easter, appropriates both the appellation uh, used for Jesus in scripture. Behold the lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. John 1.29, and the lamb's role as a sacrificial animal in ancient Israel. Okay, In antiquity, Christians placed lamb meat under the altar, had it blessed, and then ate it on Easter. Since the 12th century, the Lenten fast has ended on Easter with meals including eggs, ham, cheese, bread, and sweets that have been blessed for the occasion. Okay, so... The use of painted and decorated Easter eggs was first recorded in the 13th century. So decorated Easter eggs, did you know this, Brig? Decorated Easter eggs go back to at least the 13th century. That's the 1200s. That's That's a long time. I mean, that's a long time. The church prohibited the eating of eggs during Holy Week. But chickens continued to lay eggs during that week. No, duh. And the notion of specially identifying those as Holy Week eggs brought about their decoration. So basically what it's saying is during the Holy Week, they weren't allowed to eat eggs. Okay. And that that's because of the Lent. The Holy Week is right. associated with the Lent. And during Lent, they'd give up different things. I'm not sure where they pulled that out of scripture, but, you know, a lot of the early church did a lot of stuff like that. They would deprive themselves um, of of something that actually be a really good topic to do one time is just Lent. What it is, why some Christians do it. We would have to have somebody a little more educated, maybe somebody who actually practices it. Right. That would be really cool to have. The thing is, <laughs> is that I would want somebody that actually practices it and know what they're practicing. Cause a lot of them practice it and they have no idea why you yeah. ask them about it. And they're just like, Oh, well it's for Lent. And I'm like, well, great. Why? You're like, Oh, well, because, because, don't don't everybody do it? I'm like, no, no, they don't. Fact, I also don't get the little do ash ash the cross ash on thing. my forehead. Yeah. Um, which that's associated with Lent too. And I'm not saying that these are bad things either. I just don't know why. I don't understand them. And so I don't it's... really want to do them. I don't understand them. Mainly because first off, it doesn't really mean anything to me at this point. I don't think it's necessary. I've never read about any of those in the Bible. Uh, and if somebody asked me why I was doing it, I would really want to know and have an answer. I don't want to be like, ah, geez, I'm part of this kind of Christian cult thing. And they mark my forehead of the cross, and, uh, right. you know, and so I, I don't know. I guess I'm just part of it. You know what I mean? In a certain way, it's almost like semi-cultish. Yeah. I've always thought about it that way. And a lot of people think of it that way. And. I know for and a fact, I have always said it's because I don't understand it. And exactly. You know, and that's what I always say. And which is one of the reasons why I wouldn't really want to do it unless I actually really understood it. And I know that there are some people that understand it and I would like to understand it better. So if you do understand it, let me know. I'll probably read up on it also and have my own idea. So that doesn't mean that you can't pitch it to me and explain it a little bit better than I read it. Um, but all that to say, uh, part of the Lent deal 
They would give up the eating of meat, I think, in general. Oh, so I, think maybe you could have, I think you could have like fish on Friday or something. I'm, I'm, I'm already not, I'm not out. Really sure. We but one of started. the things that, that, that they definitely prohibited was eating of eggs. Okay, I do, and I so eggs. the thing about not eating eggs is that despite how many eggs you don't eat, the chickens are still going to lay them. Right. Right. And they'll be laying them during, during Holy Week, this whole time where you're not supposed to be eating them. And so now Christians are associating, mind you, this is back in the 13th century. Um, so now Christians are associating Easter or Holy Week with not eating eggs. And that kind of makes eggs a little bit special because you have a whole bunch of them now and you're not eating them, right? So let's continue. Uh, but chickens continued to lay eggs during that week and the notion of specially identifying those as Holy Week eggs because they're Holy Week eggs, right? So brought about their decoration. So if you're not going to be eating them and it's Holy Week, you might as well do something with them. And so they would decorate them and make them pretty and this, that, and the other. The egg itself became a symbol of the resurrection. Just as Jesus rose from the tomb, the egg symbolizes new life emerging from the eggshell. In the Orthodox tradition, eggs are painted red to symbolize the blood Jesus shed on the cross. So it's all Christian origins here. That doesn't mean that you're going to find this stuff in the Bible, but that does mean, I mean, it's kind of like, um, what's it called? Homecoming. Lots of churches have homecoming. What is homecoming? Homecoming is... Is that actually a popular thing? It is, yeah. Because I've been in tons of churches throughout my life, and I've only known Lakey Gap to do it. A lot of churches do it. That is interesting. Yeah. I just thought it was a Lakey Gap thing, because like I said, I've been... As far as I know, a lot of churches do it. Now, I could be wrong. We could actually look it up real quick, just to see. I'm curious now. Yeah, I've, I mean... I, had, I thought it was... Yeah, I mean, I just... It was never a thing I've heard of until Summarizer. This is from southernliving.com. Church homecomings have a long tradition among African-American church congregations and families. Depending on the congregation, homecomings may have one or more several purposes, commemorating a church's anniversary, honoring its deceased, celebrating its members, and encouraging those who have moved away to return for a reunion. Okay. Church homecomings. Article about church homecomings by blah, 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 blah. Churches nationwide, annual homecomings have a long tradition uh, among... Oh, that's the, the same thing, okay. A country church homecoming. Our little country church had a homecoming today. This means we gathered to celebrate one more year of being Christian family of brothers and sisters in Christ who meet to worship the Lord at Goshen Baptist Church. Church homecoming recipes worth praising. Church homecoming. How to do a church homecoming program, ehow.com. Church homecomings, NCpedia. Organizing a church homecoming, synonym. Homecoming, how to make your celebration better, ACST. I don't know what that stands for. Church Homecoming, welcome speech printable, I love to know. Welcome to Church Homecoming service. Things you'll see at every Southern Church Homecoming. Church Homecoming, CPC Durham. Homecoming, now Church NC. So, I don't know, maybe it's just a North Carolina church thing, or maybe it's a church thing in general, I don't know. Bethel Baptist Church Homecoming, SE, Worth County. Okay, so that's... I don't think that, that's Southeast Worth County, wherever that is. That's in Georgia. Okay. All right. Mount Pleasant Missionary Baptist Homecoming and Revival. Okay. So I would say that homecoming, maybe not every church does it, but it's a thing. Um, 
But anyway, homecoming is a thing that a lot of churches do. And basically what homecoming is, is as you can gather from my ramblings, uh, you have it once a year. Maybe it's a celebration of the, you know, the anniversary of the church. But basically it's a big potluck dinner or pot providence. I think that just sounds stupid, uh, whether it's true or not, um, accurate or not. Um, but it's big covered dish church luncheon churches are big on luncheons and food and stuff, which I think is awesome. Um, and they will try to get as many people as they can to come to the church. If there's, if you have kids that left and they go away, they're at school. Now you invite them back in. If you have family members and friends that used to come or came once or whatever, you'll invite them in. You know, if you have old members, you'll invite them in. You're trying to get everybody. It's like, it's like a, a reunion, a church reunion. Okay. And you just have a big dinner and it's great. And they'll have lots of games sometimes and celebration, whatever. And a lot of churches do that. And again, there ain't nothing wrong with that. God's not going to look at a church homecoming and go, my people are celebrating homecoming. I don't remember that in my word. Stomp. I don't think he's going to do that. It's not going to prevent you from going to heaven. No, it's not. I think it's a great thing. (laughs) God says, wherever two or three gather in my name, there will be also. And so if you're having a celebration at church, you know, inviting people over, ministering God's word, I think that's a fantastic thing. And I think God thinks so, too. Um, and so that's not in the Bible. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's not sacrilegious or anything. You're not worshiping anything that, you know, you shouldn't be. Right. You're literally... You know, just having a dinner, inviting people over and having a good time is a church party. God loves it when his people are having a good time. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So the same deal is with these eggs at Easter. Why not? You know, why not decorate eggs at Easter? It's not a bad thing at all. You know, God doesn't mind. We're not worshiping the eggs. We're not, you know, saying that these, you know, we're, we're taking, you know, we're symbolizing these eggs. We're using some of God's creation to symbolize his death and his death and resurrection, you know, I don't think that there's anything against that. So whatever your thought on that is, I think that is great. Okay, so um Easter egg hunts are popular among children in the United States. First Lady Lucy Hayes, the wife of President Rutherford B. Hayes, is often credited with sponsoring the first annual Easter egg roll an event where children and their parents were invited to roll their eggs on the Monday following Easter on the White House lawn in 1878. Interesting. So there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, Here we go. The custom of associating a rabbit or bunny with Easter arose in Protestant areas in Europe in the 17th century, but did not become common until the 19th century. The Easter rabbit is said to lay the eggs as well as decorate and hide them. In the United States, Easter rabbits also leave children baskets with toys and candies on Easter morning. In a way, this is the manifestation manifestation of the Protestant rejection of Catholic Easter customs. Uh, Okay, I'm not sure why. In some European countries, however, other animals in Switzerland, the cuckoo, in Westphalia, the fox brought the easter eggs so they don't really say too much about this like where it originated aside from protestant areas in the 17th century the rabbit came into easter um so whatever that says on this 1600s 
Easter Bunny came along associated with Easter. Right. Like, okay. I don't know how that started or why. Um, so, um, down here. Okay. So Monday, Thursday. Okay. So I'm going to take a break from reading all this and we're going to read the timeline of Jesus's death, burial and resurrection. And in this, you'll hear some stuff that I talked about earlier. And we'll probably not get all the way through this. Probably going to need to take, take a break here pretty soon. Um, but I think this is really good because this kind of sums up before and after and during of Easter. Jesus's final hours. Jesus's final hours on the cross lasted a total of six hours, according to the sequence of events recorded in the four canonical Gospels. Pay attention to the events leading up to the crucifixion the crucifixion itself, and what happened immediately after the crucifixion. So, before the crucifixion, Spy Wednesday. So, okay. that would be yesterday. It would be Spy Wednesday. Judas promised the Roman soldiers that he would betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver on Wednesday during Jesus' final week on earth. Judas told the soldiers where to find Jesus. That's why they call it Spy Wednesday, because that's the day, so Wednesday, that Judas told the soldiers where to find Jesus. Next day, Maundy Thursday night. Jesus had a Passover meal with his disciples in the upper room. We have come to know that the Last Supper, when he said the bread was his body and the wine was his blood, he told one of them, uh, one of them, he, he told them that one of them would betray him. All of them have asked, is it I? Also, Jesus washed the disciples' feet as a symbol of him not coming to earth to be served, but to serve. Later, Jesus prayed three times in the garden of Gethsemane uh, while his disciples fell asleep. He woke them up each time because they were supposed to keep watch. Roman soldiers came to arrest Jesus and turned him over to the religious leaders. That was Maundy Thursday. Okay, so let me go back to this religious thing and read a little bit about Maundy Thursday because it does say what it's about. Maundy Thursday is called Holy Thursday or Sheer Thursday, the Thursday before Easter observed in the commemoration of Jesus Christ's institution of the Eucharist during the Last Supper. So the name is thought to be a Middle English derivation taken from a Latin anthem sung in Roman Catholic churches on that day. Mandatum novum do wobis, a new commandment I give you. So, um, commandment, I believe, would be mandatum, okay? And that's from John 13, 34. In most European countries, Maundy Thursday is known as Holy Thursday. Other names are Green Thursday or Gründenstag, common in Germany, from the early practice of giving uh, penitents a green branch as a token for completing their Lenten penitence, penance, and Sheer Thursday, Clean Thursday, which refers to the ceremony washing of altars on this day. So, Maundy Thursday is called that, which I was, when I first heard about it, I was like, what is Monday Thursday? That sounds weird. But it's Maundy Thursday, M A U N D Y. And it's thought to be a der derivation from mandatum novum do vobis. 
or a new commandment I give you. So it's a commandment Thursday. Mondi, mandatum, commandment Thursday. There you go. Um, because right. a new commandment I give to you. So that's Monday, Thursday. Now you know. Just remember Monday, Thursday, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Friday morning, 6 a.m. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to take a break. We'll be right back. Okay, so we're now at Friday morning at 6 a.m. Wait, no, it's not. Yeah. Oh. Jesus stands trial before Pontius Pilate, who was the governor at that time. Jesus is sent to Herod. So y'all see what's going on here, right? I'm reading a timeline of everything that happens just before Christ's crucifixion. So we have the Spy Wednesday. Judas tells her Jesus is. Uh, we have Monday, Thursday night. And that's where Jesus institutes a new Passover, right? It's the um, um, uh, communion is what it is. And so he has communion. He institutes it. He washes the disciples' feet. He prays three times in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. They fell asleep. He woke them up because they're supposed to be keeping watch. And then the Roman soldiers came to arrest Jesus and turn him over to the religious leaders, where they also didn't mention there on Monday, Thursday night is Peter cut off the the uh, Roman centurion's ear, the Roman soldier's ear, and Jesus puts it back on. Very interesting. Okay, so Friday morning, Jesus stands trial before Pontius Pilate, who was the governor at that time, and then Jesus is sent to Herod. 7 a.m. on Friday, Herod returns Jesus to Pilate. It was a custom during a religious holiday to set a prisoner free. Barabbas was guilty, but he was set free. Jesus was not guilty, but he was sentenced to death. Mm. On 8 a.m. on Friday morning, Jesus is led away to Calvary carrying a heavy cross. The crucifixion, 9 a.m., the third hour. The soldiers cast lots for Jesus' clothing, leaving him to wear only a loincloth. 10 a.m., Jesus' feet and hands were nailed to a wooden cross before he was lifted up. The crowd mocked Jesus by putting a crown of thorns on his head and a sign above his head that read, King of the Jews. They told him to come down and save himself. Jesus could have called down a legion of angels, but he suffered, bled, and died to save humanity. 11 a.m. Jesus was between two thieves on the cross. Dying by crucifixion on the cross was not just for Jesus. It was capital punishment at that time. One thief mocked Jesus while the other didn't. Jesus told him, Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus spoke his seven last expressions from the cross. The first three expressions were for the people. Jesus turned the attention to himself only at the fourth statement. The sixth hour, noon. Darkness covered the land. When Jesus was born at night, it became light. When he died during the day, it became dark for three hours from the sixth to the ninth hour. In other words, it was from noon to mid-afternoon around 3 p.m. Jesus cried out to the Father. Jesus said, I thirst. So what did Jesus cry out to the Father? He said, Abba, Abba, Lama Thabachthani, or Lama Thabachthani. Uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which, it sounds like, you know... Jesus is crying out to his father in heaven and saying, Hey man, you done me dirty. You know, 
That's not true. What it is, is it's actually a fulfillment of prophecy from Isaiah. Um, and so Jesus fulfilled prophecy by crying that out. Jesus said, I thirst. At 2 p.m., Jesus said, it is finished. 3 p.m., the ninth hour, Jesus died. Okay, so Jesus' final hours on the cross lasted six hours. After the crucifixion, events following Jesus' death. So all that happened on Good Friday. The reason why Good Friday is called Good Friday is not because uh, it was a good thing necessarily that happened, but it was a good thing that happened. Because though it sounds grisly and bad and terrible, and it really was, Jesus died to save us from our sins. And so he took the weight and the burden of our sins on that Friday. That is why it's called Good Friday, because Jesus fulfilled his duty, which is to save us from our sins. And so that makes it a very good day for us. That is the day that we were justified in Christ because he died and we didn't have to. Okay. Events following Jesus's death. The earthquake happened. A soldier pierced Jesus's side. So this is still on Good Friday. Uh, a soldier pierced Jesus's side with a spear to be certain that he had died. The centurion said, surely he was the son of God because blood and water fou- uh, flowed out of his body. The soldiers broke the thieves' legs. Usually the legs of those on the cross were broken to speed up death. The legs of the thieves were broken so they would die. Jesus died on the cross without his legs being broken. That was to fulfill the prophecy that his bones would not be broken. Now that is a prophecy that his bones would not be broken. But on top of that, if you read um, Exodus 12, I believe, where it talks about the, that's the institution of the Passover, just before uh, God's people fled from Egypt or left Egypt, um, God instituted the Passover, right? And Jesus fulfilled the Passover on Good Friday. And that's why the Passover changes from the Passover to the Resurrection Day or what we call Easter, is because Jesus fulfilled. The prophecy. He fulfilled the purpose of the Passover, and now we don't need a sacrifice anymore. And so, um, just before Jesus was crucified, remember on that Maundy Thursday, um, that is when Jesus instituted communion as a replacement for Passover because he had fulfilled the point. Of Passover. Okay. Does that make sense to everybody? All right. Let's move on. Oh, well, actually, let me finish what I was saying. So when God basically, when God instituted the first Passover, let me pull that up real quick. It's very interesting. Um, blue letter Bible, because I love them blue letters. Oh, them blue letters. Oh, them blue letters. Let's go to Exodus 12. All right. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of the monks, blah, 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 blah. Tell the congregation of Israel that on this day of every month they shall take a lamb according to the father's house, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, 
Then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons according to who can eat your lamb. So basically, you take this lamb, you kill it, you wipe the blood on the doorposts, because God's going to pass through and kill the firstborn of every household that does not have the blood on the lentil post. But God told his people ahead of time he was going to do this, and so they did that, and none of them died, and that is the first Passover. That's why it's called the Passover. Um, let's see. Kill their lambs at twilight, then they shall take uh, some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts of the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted with its head and its legs and its parts, blah, blah, blah. See, you shall not let any of it remain till the morning. In this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, the sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Okay. Um, gee. With your belt fastened. With your belt fastened. Um, That's interesting. I'm looking for where it says... Okay, then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, uh, wait, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, I lost it in the sauce. Not the sauce. Yeah, who is the sauce, my friend? I lost it in the sauce. Um... Uh, I should have written this down. We found it, folks. Okay, Sojourner. All right. Kill the passer of lamb. House in the morning. Destroyers. You shall observe this right as a statute for you and your sons forever. Oh my goodness. What? Well, I'm trying to find where it talks about the bones. Eat it in haste. Oh, maybe it's this. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head and its legs and its inner parts, and you shall let none of it remain till the morning. In the morning you shall burn. Okay. Kill the lambs twilight. Don't poison. You should eat it. You kill the goats. You should make you count for the lamb. Kill. Oh my! I will. I will find it. It is coming. I'm just gonna look up bone. Search. Genesis numbers. Listen bones. Search. Numbers. Where's Exodus? Oh, here we go. Exodus. Here it is, 12.46. I just did not look close enough. I actually need to look forward for the six. Okay, here he goes, here he goes. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the statute of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat of it, but every slave is kind of brought for money and eat of it. A foreigner hired work may eat of it. It shall be eaten in one house. You shall not take any of the flesh outside the house, and you shall not break any of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. Okay. So God's telling how you're to, you know, continuing to tell how you're to, you know, kill and eat and whatever the Passover lamb. 
And when it said when he says to sacrifice it, um, he says, It shall be eaten in one house, you shall not take any of the flesh outside the house, and you shall not break any of its bones. Okay. Now, Jesus is on the cross. He is the ultimate sacrifice. And again, none of his bones are broken. Normally, they would have been because they would break the bones so that they would die faster. But Jesus was already dead. He died a lot quicker than they anticipated. So they didn't have to break any of his bones. Also, it was just an added thing. It's like they didn't want to go around breaking people's bones, even if they're dying on the cross. They just did it to speed up the process. Like, hurry it up. I'm going to have to break your bones. You're not dead yet. All right, we'll speed this up. Break his knees. So they break his knees, then they'll die faster. Um, basically, when they break their knees, um, when you're on the cross in the position that you're in, uh, you're forward, and uh, when you're in that position, the only way you can take a breath is by lifting with your knees, taking a breath, and then sagging back down because you're in you're in excruciating pain. And so if you're in that forward position for too long, you would suffocate. So you lift yourself up, take a breath, and you come back down. And um, so in order to kill him quicker, what they would do is like, all right, well, he's kind of taking his time dying. They would break the knees. If your knees are broken... You can't raise yourself up. And so you would just suffocate and die faster. And so that's what they did to the other two, to the uh, two thieves, because they weren't dead yet. But with Jesus, he had already died. And they were like, go break their legs. And then they look at Jesus like, well, this one's already dead. So we don't have to. And so they didn't, fulfilling prophecy and fulfilling the requirements that God placed on the sacrifice, which is it shall not have any of its bones broken. Very interesting. Okay. The earthquake happened. A soldier pierced Jesus aside. Surely he's the son of God. The soldier broke the thieves legs. Usually let's see this fulfill prophecy that his bones would not be broken. A Pharisee, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea asked for Jesus, body. He was taken down from the cross and laid in the tomb of that Pharisee. A large stone was laid in front of the tomb, and the soldiers guarded the entrance, the resurrection. Jesus was in the grave for only three days. He rose on the third day, just as he said he would. Christians celebrate the resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday, which comes after his death on Good Friday. The resurrection account appears in all four of the Gospels and in the book of Acts. Uh, references, the Holy Bible. uh so there you go there is a timeline of jesus's um final days and hours up until his death and resurrection um and so that is what we're celebrating on easter we're celebrating the fact that he died to save us from our sins but more importantly the fact that he rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. If he did not rise from the dead, if he didn't do that, then like Paul says, we're all fools and we've been had. Right. Okay. We have no hope in our salvation. We have no hope in our God. We have no hope, you know, in our faith at all. It's just meaningless. But because Christ did rise from the dead, we do have a hope. 
And so his death was not in vain, and our sins are indeed taken from us, and we do indeed have a hope in Christ and his promises. And so that is awesome. So, uh, I think that's about all I have of it. Um, so thank you for joining us for our 200th episode. I'm glad that's a that pretty our, big milestone. I'm glad that our 200th, our 200th episode could end on, um, you know, talking about Easter because cool. Easter is easily the most important topic in Christianity. You know, it's the simple fact that, you know, if Christ, basically the Bible literally says, if Jesus didn't raise from the grave, then nothing matters. Like the whole book, all 66 books, everything that we've read means literally nothing if Jesus didn't raise from the grave. So his his death, burial, and resurrection, that is the that is the hinge that the rest of the Bible turns on. It's all pointing towards that point in time. And it's not even pointing towards his birth, right? Because the whole point of Christ's birth was to lead up to his death, burial, and resurrection. And so we celebrate that at Christmas. But, you know, the reason why it's so important is because not only is it the birth of God, um, but... He has a purpose, okay? The birth of God is great, but he has a purpose. He hasn't done anything necessarily great yet, despite how great Christmas was um, and all the miracles that went on there. But that wasn't his... I mean, it was his purpose in a sense, but it wasn't his ultimate purpose. And his ultimate purpose was fulfilled on the cross. And... uh yeah, so it's just an incredible day for Christians. That's why they call it Holy Week, because it's so very, very, very important. Not only is it just important, but it's also historically verifiable. Right. There is more evidence that Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected from the grave rose from the grave, and then walked alive after Easter. There's more evidence for that than, you know, for even the evidence of Alexander the Great. You know, a lot of Greek mythology uh, Greek mythology and stuff, there's not as much evidence for any of that. There's not as much evidence for ancient history as there is evidence of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Okay? It is just incredible how much evidence, historical evidence, points towards this event actually happening. And Paul says, if you want to destroy Christianity, prove that Christ did not raise from the dead. The thing is, is that they've never been able to prove it. They've never been able to prove it. Historically, it is a verifiable fact. And that's interesting because it is a fact that he did this. A lot of people don't believe it, right? Um, and so um, if it was just, I mean, if it wasn't a historical verif uh, verified fact, then, you know, it'd be kind of meaningless too. 
you know, but it actually happened. This something, this is something that actually happened a good 2000 years ago. Uh, and so it's very, very important. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I hope that y'all have a wonderful Easter. I hope that you dwell on some of these things. Um, so I personally am going with the, uh, you know, since there's so much question about all of these origins of the name Easter and the, the celebration, I'm going to go with the Christian origin just because I'm a Christian. So I'm going to go with that. But I think that it's, I think that it's actually legitimate, you know, uh, cause a lot of history historians debate on the other ones anyway. Uh, so why not this one? I don't know. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, tell me what you think about it. If you like it, don't like it, you know, uh, uh, what are your thoughts? You know, maybe me, maybe you think everything that I said about it was baloney. I don't know. Whatever the case is, have a great Easter and, uh, Brig, would you, would you pray us out, man? Absolutely. So Lord, we, uh, we thank you for our listeners and we thank you for Christ dying and raising himself from the dead. That is, uh, that is something that is, I would say held dear to us as Christians, but it really should be held dear to everyone on the planet. And, uh, it is very special that we are able to, uh, to celebrate this at the time of our 200th episode, which is so cool. Uh, ask that you would guide, guard, and protect us as we go throughout our day, our week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, with that, say adios. adios.